Welcome to the Innovation in Government show sponsored by Kerasoft. Each month we'll talk with industry experts who enable innovation and make government more responsive and secure by advancing key technologies. Now, here's your host, Jason Miller. Welcome to Innovation in Government. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Serena Vasquez-Raju, the Senior Director of Public Sector at Tableau. Serena Vas, welcome to the discussion. Hey, thanks, Jason. Thanks for having, having me today. Let me set some context for our conversation today. When it comes down to it, the coronavirus pandemic is a big data problem. And for agencies, that data is the fuel for making decisions about where to spend money, where to send personal protective equipment, and which citizens are in need of help. It's the basis of how many organizations are seen and measuring the impact of the virus around the world. For instance, the Federal Trade Commission reported a record number of people moved their shopping online over the last few months, meaning the FTC received more complaints about packages not being delivered. Over at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, they're serving up data about deaths and COVID-19 cases in nursing homes. And the National Center for Health Statistics and the Census Bureau partnered to provide data about health access to healthcare through the vital statistics system. No surprise, data is everywhere and it's involved in almost every effort. There are dozens of agencies from the SBA to the IRS to FEMA providing more data than any one person or organization can ingest and make sense of. This is why agencies and really all organizations need help to make sense of all that data, especially as federal employees start to return to their offices. Agencies need to easily visualize the information, create dashboards so the public and senior leaders can understand what's going on and spot the trends as they developed. So for more on how agencies can use data to drive decisions, let's turn to my guest. Serena Vaskosaraju is the Senior Director of Public Sector at Tableau. I talked all about there's data, data everywhere, data is the new oil, use whatever uh, adage you want these days. But really, agencies are trying to change, and that change is coming from that data. How has that pandemic really demonstrated this necessity more than, more than ever before? Well, I got to tell you, Jason, um, you know, four months ago, five months ago now, as Tableau, as a company, started to see our customers across public sector starting to react to this virus coming out of Asia, and suddenly people are getting sick, data became the key thing that was able to drive their response. We saw cities and states and local municipalities and federal government suddenly activating and creating data teams and bringing together collaboration across departments in, in ways that were never possible. During your opening, you talked about a number of different agencies and functions really that came together in, in pandemic response and have changed the way that they're doing business. And nearly everybody that you mentioned, frankly, are customers of Tableau. Right? And whether they're customers of us or other players in the analytics space, they're realizing that with data, Jason, they can provide their citizens and their stakeholders the information, the transparency, the trust that they're really looking for during a, a very unsure time in the nation and the world. The key word here, I think, is trust and transparency. And I think that's kind of what we're getting to here. If an agency can provide this data, then change can happen. Is that what you're starting to see when you talk to your agency customers, that's a key theme that, that they, they bring up or you bring up to them or vice versa or, or all together? Well, I'd say that, you know, you know, as a provider of technology in this space, we always talk about trust and it's a core value here at Tableau and also at Salesforce. But, you know, it was our customers really during the early phases of the pandemic that spoke a lot about trust. You know, our customers were saying, listen, you know, we don't know where we need to send our ambulances. We don't know where to send our PPE. We don't know if there are outbreaks occurring. Our citizens don't know. 
How do we, you know, take care of our essential workers, whether they're medical staff or people delivering? It was all information that created both trust from the citizenry and their government that they were reacting. And then within the government, trust that they could provide those services in a timely manner uh, and really take care of people and save lives. So I would say it was really pushed from uh, our customers during this time. The trust piece is something we talk a lot about. Part of that need for trust is understanding where that data is, where it lives, how to find it. Did agencies and, and other organizations as they kind of took on this public health crisis, how did they kind of ensure they had the right data? How do they ensure they're collecting it and then processing and analyze it? Walk me through maybe some of the, the use cases or, or examples that you've seen about agencies who've done this well. Sure, yeah. So, so Jason, this was a this was a really fast moving situation and very dynamic, right? I know that you you've spoken to a lot of information technology leaders uh, across the government, and you hear people always talking about, you know, we want to be agile, we want to be reactive, we want to be able to move quickly. Well, this was really a chance where our customers did that, and they did it in a couple of different ways, right? Um, you as a as a user of data, you need to have the tools in your agency that allow people with domain knowledge to self-serve. That was really key during this time because what we found was, you know, agencies talk a lot about data-driven decision-making. And, and frankly, when somebody who's working in an agency for 15 years or 20 years or 25 years, hears somebody say, hey, we're gonna do data-driven decision-making, uh, you know, their first thought is, well, what do you think we've been doing all these years, all right? So, um, what we found during the pandemic is by deploying tools that allowed people to grab data from the enterprise, grab data from the desktop or spreadsheets that are being sent around, being able to bring those together, visualize them, and then share those visuals, um, either through the web, through a centralized server, any way possible, it was that collaboration of information across various agencies and departments that was critical to managing that response. You bring up an interesting point, the, the collaboration and coordination among agencies. And one of the examples I brought up was, you know, the National Institutes of Health and the Census Bureau really looking at where is their access to health care. And we're seeing a lot of that collaboration. And, and data is key to that. It's not just a systems issue or a tool issue, but hey, can we use your data? Can we share data? Can we go to the same place for data? Has that been also a big driver that you've seen of agencies really doing more than ever before or understanding the value of sharing the data in, a, in new ways uh, different because of the pandemic? Well, you know, Jason, what happened during the pandemic is people realized that some of the artificial barriers that were creating data silos within organizations were unnecessary. So one of the cities that we worked with, um, their Department of Health and Mental Health had been a customer, their fire department had been a customer, their emergency management department had been customers, but they had never collaborated. They didn't have a single place that they could share information. They didn't have a single place that they could improve each other's data. They didn't have a way to join their data set. They'd always been operating independently because that was the policy. Suddenly, because they needed information, they were able to sort of push through that red tape, set up a collaboration server, and in retrospect, they were able to realize that they didn't increase risk. There was no downside to collaborating and sharing information because they had the proper policies in place to support that. 
So it's really been, Jason, a, a matter of people seeing that now in the pandemic, because data, as you said, you know, is the new oil, uh, getting to it as quickly as possible, refining it and getting it to the filling stations is the key. And people were willing, agencies and governments were willing to change their operating procedures. Um, you know, during the pandemic, agencies all of a sudden who had transparency initiatives or open data portals that they had set up to meet the letter of the law realized suddenly that these were tools that our citizens want, right? Our citizens live in social media. They live on YouTube and Hulu and Netflix and Disney Plus. The experience that they're seeing is a very visual and graphic experience in their commercial and personal lives. They're expecting the user experience and the customer experience with government systems to be the same and at the same speed. So the expectation of many years ago that you and I probably remember more than others, doing business through the mail or waiting in line, those days are gone and the pandemic has accelerated the digital transformation. Yes, my uh, colleagues mocked me the other day when I said I mailed my tax uh, bill back to the IRS. They all looked at me like, you mailed something? I said, yes. <laughs> One of the things you bring up here, and I think this is key, is the proper policies, the, the proper ability to, to share and collaborate. And I think that's one thing that's going to be key as we continue to kind of uh, work in this COVID coronavirus pandemic environment. Agencies are starting to return to the office, at least some employees are. How is that ability to share data, whether it's from you know, the physical security folks and the IT folks, or whether it's just you know, office by office, key to really an effective return strategy? Well, you, you've actually sort of said it, Jason. The ability to share information from the different um, systems and groups that interact with your employees will give them the trust that you're providing a safe place for them to come back to deliver their agency's mission, to, to be able to deliver their services. Um, we have a, a, a large agency that has uh, sites, locations nationwide, coast to coast, uh, service centers that people can come into. Um, what they're doing is they've published a map, coast to coast, that lists uh, the people at each station, the missions at each station, the hours that are available. Each station is then seen in context What's the, the current infection rate for that county? What's the seven-day projection, projection? What's the one-month projection? So they're really taking a sort of a fact-based approach, using data to really safely reopen and bring employees. You know, they've, they've been working throughout the pandemic, but trying to bring them back to the locations and, and move some of the interaction from virtual back to physical. That's an interesting take because they're not just saying, well, we'll play it by ear, we'll bring back 10%, then 20%. Are more agencies starting to ask Tableau and others about how to get them become more proactive in their decision-making, proactive in understanding what the data is telling them so they can then uh, plan better, have a better strategy? Absolutely. You know, as you, as you probably know, over the last five years or so, uh, the data scientists uh, it's probably the hottest role being hired now by government agencies. Um, what they're discovering, though, given the volume of big data, the one data scientist, the two data scientists, the five data scientists that they're able to hire aren't enough. So what, what, what agencies need to do is they need to think of what's their AI strategy and what's their BI strategy and how do those two things work together. The idea really should be that your visualization strategy 
should allow you to take the work of your data science shops, your, your predictors and prioritizers, as it were, and then move that into your visual interface so that your you know, functional people, your domain experts can leverage those predictions and prioritization. And, and what's happening, Jason, is people are trying to say, look, there's so much going on, there's so much data, uh, the needs of government are growing, especially in, in the time of the pandemic. The government is an all-time, you know, post-World War II low in terms of its relative size to population. So government agencies are really trying to say, how can I use visualization, analytics, AI, and ML to move from a man in the loop to a man on the loop or a woman on the loop posture so that some of the, the automated transactions can take place and then we can look for the anomalies or the areas that require human intervention without using, you know, sort of that crude 5%, 10%. I think the days of the peanut butter spread, quote unquote, are over, right? Uh, as an agency leader, if you see any of your people saying, hey, I think we should do 10% across the board or 15 across the board, you know, that should just be an indicator for you that somebody hasn't done their homework to understand what the real pain points or what the real, you know, good things that you're doing are. I really do like the, instead of being on the loop, in the loop, being on the loop. So we're going to probably address that in our next segment. So let's take a quick break. You're listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. When COVID-19 started to spread, government organizations turned to Tableau to understand, track, and communicate the impact of the virus on their communities. Now, as our world moves through various stages of stabilization, reopening, and eventually a new normal, these same organizations are leveraging data to make decisions on infrastructure and internal assets, as well as ensuring resources are allocated to the citizens that need it most. Learn more at tableau.com government. Welcome back. You're listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Srinivas Kosaraju, the Senior Director of Public Sector at Tableau. Now, Srinivas, we were talking about this thirst for data over the last segment. A lot of agencies bringing in a lot of data, trying to collaborate, try to work together on what that data is, how, how to use it more effectively. But you have some really interesting statistics about that thirst for data. What are you guys at Tableau seeing in terms of agencies and other organizations asking for more, grabbing for more data? Well, I'll tell you, during the pandemic, there was a global explosion of data requests. Um, as many of you probably know that are listening, we run a website called Tableau Public, which allows you to upload workbooks and other visualizations. Um, that site experienced nearly a 50x growth in traffic, Jason. Uh, during the height of the initial pandemic response in the United States, we were receiving 25 million visitors a day, 75,000 information requests a minute. And it was all COVID related, uh, driving COVID response in Germany, COVID response in New York City, COVID response in California, COVID response in Southeast Asia. There was a community of people that were like-minded. They had the same problem, that problem was in different places and it was affecting different organizations, but the root was the same. So you saw people, you know, visual, visualizing something. And maybe it wasn't great, but it gave somebody else an idea and somebody else picked that up and ran with it. And then somebody else and somebody else. 
and it created this organic network of information that ultimately one or two or four or five really great visualizations bubble to the top. And today, you know, there's a visualization that pretty much all of Germany depends upon. CNBC, the Kaiser Family Foundation, 15 states in the United States are all using a common look and feel because our platform is fairly ubiquitous. So that thirst has increased. And now we're seeing in the back to work scenario, people doing things that they've never done before with their data. And we talked about a little bit in the previous segment, of joining HR information with social media information, with physical security information to understand that, hey, if Mary or Bobby gets sick on the second floor, what does that mean to everybody else that's been working on the second floor? Right, being very proactive about employee health and uh, citizen safety. When we talk about the, the numbers, there's no surprise here that the public, citizens, the world is looking for more data. What is that, from, from your perspective, how, how do you all ensure that people understand what you're presenting? Because it's easy to get lost in the data. There's the, the, the three Vs, right? The velocity, the volume, the veracity of data. How do you ensure that people don't get lost there? You know, any, any opportunity to give end users analytics requires some degree of governance or management. So, you know, we generally recommend to our customers that they take a, a two-tiered strategy, one where they've got a set of governed data sources, which are the central systems of record or source of truth. And now whether that comes from a source system or a data warehouse or a cloud data warehouse, you know, a lot of agencies use lots of different architectures. You have that coupled with the ability for an end user to add their own data to enrich that with a local view or a time sensitive view or a micro geographic view. But it's that governance and management and cataloging of data that allows people to know that, hey, this thing that I'm looking for, looking at is trusted and blessed. But Jason, what that comes from though, like we, we see a lot of customers who say, hey, I'm going to do a cataloging project or I'm going to do a governance project or I'm going to do. But really what you need is you need data culture. You need an organization that says, hey, we're going to run our meetings. We're going to make decisions. We're going to take data and we're going to couple it with our experience. And we're going to make better decisions. Well, if you don't have that culture, whether you catalog the data or govern the data or you know, distribute the reports, people will still fight about what's in the reports. So culture and technology and people, they sort of all work hand in hand here. It goes back to the earlier part of our conversation about trust, creating that trust. It's not just important externally, but also obviously internally, which is a good segue to talk about this uh, other comment you made earlier, which I like. You don't be in the loop, but be on the loop. Explain what you mean by that when it comes to data. Well, so let, let's think about, um, you know, an example from our own, you know, sort of personal lives. Um, you know, as you look at your credit card bills or your utility bills, as long as everything's in the zone, you're not really too concerned about it. So, you know, if your credit card bill comes in at, you know, the 50 or $75 a month, there's no unusual meta charges. You know, our credit card companies now are starting to say, hey, did you notice your water bill was 30% more than it was the previous month? Is that okay? Right? It's, it's this analysis of what's normal and what's not normal. You talked about big data being volume, variety, uh, veracity. 
and then you've got velocity, speed as well. Well, there's been more data created in the last year than in all of the history of mankind previously. So there is no human capability anymore, capability anymore to, to manage all of the data. So if you move to a person on the loop sort of posture, Jason, now you're saying, hey, show me my exceptions. Show me where I'm doing really good so that I can find those use cases, emulate them, move them into the other spots in my agency, and show me where I'm re doing really bad. So in the old world, Jason, the way that that might have happened is it would have been, hey, show me every uh, purchase card transaction over $25,000 or every uh, uh, you know, purchase order over 500K. All right, well, fraudsters would have just kept the fraud under 500K or under 25,000. The new systems using AI and ML and visualization technology, they're saying, they're saying, show me any transaction that doesn't look like other transactions that are the same. So, so show me hotel bills that are three times what it should be. Show me car rental bills that are 10 times what they should be. We're able to catch the anomalies man on the loop, woman on the loop, instead of reviewing every single transactions, thereby becoming more efficient, being able to handle bigger data and make actually a bigger impact on outcomes. Does that make sense? It does, and actually it's, it's a fascinating change because as you said, it gives the people who are looking at this information, the decision makers more power and more trust in the system because it's not just every, as you said, purchase order over 500,000 or every credit card transaction over 25,000, but anything that's anomalous. And I think that that is a key to this decision-making piece because that's also gonna translate into the return to work or whatever else you're gonna do. If all of a sudden three people on the second floor have a temperature of 99 degrees, we, you know, that's, they can tell somebody in an agency, uh oh, we may have a hot spot. And then we should maybe look at to go look at them more closely. It could just be the air conditioning is broken and people are warm, or it could be we have a serious problem. I mean, I think that that's a key piece. Right. And and in that and in that scenario, if you asked those three people what they did, they'd say, Oh, we came to the office, we went through the front door, we went to our offices. But if you bring the fact that they came to their offices and then joined the building's physics physical security to that maybe the RFID readers that you have in your uh, office, you realize that two of the three of them were in the coffee room, two of the other three stopped on the way for, uh, you know, at the water cooler. You start to see all of these other micro interactions that by bringing together two disparate sets of data, they give you more information than, than either of them would have independently. And this actually brings us to the other piece of this discussion, which is as agencies start to return to the office, this is a dynamic situation. This is not something that is gonna be, okay, we're done, let's move on. I think you know, we'll be dealing with the pandemic for quite a while until there's probably a vaccine of sorts or at least some way to, to cure people. Why is collecting, analyzing the right data so important to this dynamic situation? Well, I think because it is a dynamic situation, Jason. Listen, I, I, I personally have been working with a number of uh, state health directors, city directors, epidemiologists, COVID-19 team leads at various federal agencies. And frankly, what these folks who are fighting for all of us on the front lines knew in February and in March, April, and today is just very different. 
So having that data so that they can make decisions in a rapidly changing environment is, is critical. You talk about bringing an employee back to work. Um, if they self-report from home that they're feeling ill and you're able to say, hey, uh, you have a cube mate that's feeling ill, let's keep all of the other cube mates out of the office today, you may proactively eliminate that hotspot, allowing you to deliver the mission of the agency with less disruption, less personal disruption to the other employees. The other employees feel like the agency's being extremely proactive in the way it's protecting health. So there's a lot of, a lot of benefit that's coming out of this. And you know, to the agency folks that are listening to this, you know, you know, I said it at the beginning that, that this is accelerating the digital transformation. I would just say as, as you're spending the next weeks and months, as Jason said, think of, think of mitigation of the virus as an ongoing best practice. Um, and your best practices are going to evolve. And if you're lucky, they won't evolve on a daily basis or a weekly basis. They'll evolve on a monthly basis. But they will evolve over time. And you need to need to give yourself, your people, and your organization the room to evolve. Just give yourselves the data through whatever platform you choose, uh, the ability to make those decisions in a way that you can justify. Serena Voss, we're just about out of time. I really enjoyed our conversation. What's the thing or a couple of things that agencies should keep in mind as they continue to go forward? Is there any mistakes you see agencies making that they should avoid or any big kind of potholes they should not step in? Well, I think there's a couple of things. I think number one, um, you know, find that person at the agency that cares about data. Find an executive sponsor that can help you uh, to translate the value to your agency leadership, both staff, well, staff, career, and political, uh, because data can really help you to make a difference. Uh, and then I would say, you know, listen to your people, because in the end, this is all about people. Uh, we've got a lot of great men and women that have been working in government for many, many decades and years that have experienced. And we have some kids that have come in in the last six months, fresh out of school, that have great new ideas. So listen to your people, take their ideas, their experience, bring it with your data, and I think you can deliver uh, services throughout this difficult time to our citizens and our nation. Excellent advice. I think every agency needs to kind of keep that in the forefront. That's goes back to the people. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. So let me thank my guest. Srinivas Kosaraju is the Senior Director of Public Sector at Tableau. Srinivas, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Jason. Have a great day. You've been listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. I've been your host, Jason Miller. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search innovation. Thank you for listening to the Innovation and in Government Show, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. The entire discussion can be found on demand at federalnewsnetwork.com, keyword innovation. When COVID-19 started to spread, government organizations turned to Tableau to understand, track, and communicate the impact of the virus on their communities. Now, as our world moves through various stages of stabilization, reopening, and eventually a new normal, these same organizations are leveraging data to make decisions on infrastructure and internal assets, as well as ensuring resources are allocated to the citizens that need it most. Learn more at tableau.com government. When we need help, we turn to government. 
when government needs help, they turn to Federal News Network. Federal News Network, helping feds meet their mission.